Hello, hello. Welcome to Taking in the Scene. Woo, 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 we woo. are somewhere in season two. Somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> we are episode something in season two. I think this is K. This is. Uh, well, no, can, can it be episode J? Yeah, it can J. be episode J. Episode J. And, and episode we'll explain J. why in just a moment as long before as it's we do, by though. And P. <laughs> QRS. Um, <laughs> before we get to the alphabet. Um, welcome to Taking in the Scene. Uh, I am Mango Sorbet, as always, and I'm joined today by... Hello, world. I'm it's your wild Denzel. girl. You can't say hello, world. I'm going to say I'm your wild girl every time. <laughs> then we're going to do this every, every time. time. Every time. Okay. I am Denzel Darko. And I am Warm Orange. Um, and uh, I think it's kind of typical that Denzel and I started that way. Because I feel like today's episode is uh, something specific. Is that correct? It you is know? something specific. And I'm I'm especially excited for this episode. I have long wanted to do this episode. So the title of today's episode is Why Are Men? And then you fill in the blank. So like, why are men like this? Why do men do this? Um, it's sort of just, it's going to be like a sort of, sort of shoot the shit episode with our very extra special guest who I'm so excited to introduce. Um, Jammy the Jaguar is here with today hi everybody hi jamie jamie i'm gonna read your bio here okay okay and then um and then we'll finally let you talk jamie entered the kink scene in 2008 as a switchy sadomasochist they spend all of their free time in their garden and hanging with friends jamie's kinks jamie's kink practice is deeply rooted in pleasure community healing and liberation as such they regularly shake their fist at the sky muttering why men while (laughs) while watching cycles of harm repeated and progress halted by systems of oppression so many of my favorite words wow i really i really wrote that okay i love that cool (laughs) The the truth that i'm i'm just so excited by this the um when we talked about doing this episode, we were like, who are we going to have on to complain about men? And Jamie. everyone was like, <laughs> you, and you just said, Jamie, we're going to have Jamie on. Love a bitch with a brand. You yeah. Know? But it's it's a good thing. It's like an ex, it's good to have that as a brand, especially. Yeah. I'm really excited to be here. I'm a big fan of the show. And I have Woo! to say, Mango, big fan of yours because <laughs> for a long time, I've joked that uh, mine and Orange's relationship and dynamic is like comedian heckler. <laughs> And so listening to episodes during the pandemic and hearing anybody else tell him regularly that he's wrong. Oh my God. And not laughing at his jokes has really fed my soul and and kept me going over the last couple of months. Thank you. I love that. I'm like actually full on blushing because that Mm. is such a sweet thing to say. And I helped. I, yeah. You were, you were here. You, thank you. What would we do without a man? (laughs) <laughs> to help us not laugh at, at his jokes. <laughs> exactly. I love that. Um, so this is, we ha- we have, for our listeners, we have interview questions. But really, this is going to be us, um, again, sort of shooting the shit, talking about mostly cis men, to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'll dive in with my very first question and just say, so, Jamie, why are men? Mm. Great question. I appreciate um, that. First, you kind of touched on this, but like also this is I feel like going to sound like a really binary conversation when I think all of us in this room could agree that mm-hmm. we don't live in an actually binary world. Gender is a spectrum and all of that. Um, but we live in a society that is very binary and that socializes people that way. So it's going to sound like that. But as a gender queer person, I would 
you know, obviously not agree with that. Uh, but why are men? Um, <laughs> uh, men are because of the systems that we live in, right? Because we Preach. live in a white supremacist, patriarchal, misogynistic uh, society. Yeah. I feel yeah. like you should um, explain to our listeners, the root of all of our problems because uh, that yeah. yeah that seems like that seems appropriate. White supremacy. Point. It is white supremacy. <laughs> no, it is. I literally was about to say it is literally white yeah, supremacy. You could like uh, play like a game, like give me any issue in the world, and I could connect it back. Yeah, for sure. I literally used to when I was studying public health. I used to say um, any health issue, it would take me one or two steps to tie mm. it to racism. Yeah. Absolutely. Literally. And it would not be a stretch at yeah, all. Definitely. And all. it's unfortunate because then that means that we're all steeped in that. Right. We're all brought up in that. And that affects the way that we operate in kink. Because as you've all said before, kink yeah. doesn't exist in a vacuum. We, it's so true. We bring all of ourselves, all of our identities and experiences into it. Yeah. That well, is I, facts. I have a quick question for the crowd. Um so I've I've come past this, uh, a statement that somebody made that says that when people are on their periods, uh, they're actually losing a little bit of their estrogen and getting more testosterone. Uh, so is that true, one? And then two, does that mean that men should not be in leadership because they're so emotional and can't control their emotions? You know, all the wars have been started by literally guys. Physiologically, I don't know if that's quite accurate. During a cycle, you have a period where you're... Um, flooded with estrogen in a period when you're flooded with progesterone yeah um uh i and and everyone differs on the levels of testosterone they have um you know in their endocrine system their hormonal systems our bodies are all special snowflakes special snowflakes yeah Yeah. and it's not like a bunch of valves just being like yeah open on and off like (laughs) there's some person just working there like (laughs) all right we're done with the progesterone (laughs) right We flushed everything, y'all. I will say, um, I saw an amazing intro question on a dating site recently, which was, what is your most controversial opinion? Mm. And so I went around to my friends asking their controversial opinions, and it got to me. And my controversial opinion is that, um, along the lines of what Orange just said, I think cis men should be barred from politics for a minimum of eight years, at least in the US, but all around the world. And I think, you know, like, I'm not saying that... um, Everyone else would make things better, but they would not, not make, saying that. yeah, they wouldn't make them worse. Yeah. Um, so just a thought, something you know, to just chew on, switch things up, switch things up. We've every done once the same while. thing for all of history, yeah, Let's try something new. And yeah. I do want to be clear with the, the gentleman on this podcast here today, y'all are part of this conversation. Um, I'm not the, running for politics though. Here, here, <laughs> I do want to say though, um, like <laughs> patriarchal systems also hurt cis men. Yeah. Part of the reason mm-hmm. that, uh, and I can't quite speak for Jamie here, but part of the reason I'm frustrated with patriarchal systems is, um, that they don't allow space for cis men to join us in our frustration yeah. because they pit us against each other. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I do welcome, because to me, y'all have often risen to the occasion. So we want you to be part of this conversation. Yeah. And I think that that's like a whole big part of this is just like with any other group that has privilege, mm-hmm. there are people who like try 
Um, but I want to say for myself that when I'm talking about M, it's like capital letter M, uh, men as like people who have inherent privilege by growing up in the society and who are affected by the way that they are raised and socialized by that, um, who are like spoon fed rape culture and misogyny and all of that from the time that they are born. Um, so I do mean all men. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think too, that, to be yeah, fair. there are men who like try and the guys who get it, get it. And the guys right. who don't, don't. But I think that like, if anything that we're saying today makes you feel defensive or, uh, if you are like disagreeing with it, then like specifically you need to like maybe reflect yeah, on do that and don't inquiry. talk to me about it. Don't, <laughs> please you, don't hit me up yeah. about anything. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a man, that, I don't want to talk to you. That is a fair boundary to set. I'll say similarly, um, within white supremacy culture, all, all, as I often say, all white people are racist. It's, it's not like a personal attack when I say that. Um, although it's occasionally it is, but, um, it's truly just representing the fact that, um, uh, white people, um, were steeped in white supremacy. Yeah. Um, And whether it's conscious or unconscious, you are, participating in it and benefiting um, from it benefiting from it complicit in it and like you can do better Mm -hmm. obviously and it's i think uh (laughs) like my takeaway from this would be if you want to be in ethical relationships with people if you want to be uh like productive uh and safe person in your community then it's your responsibility to do better and to reflect and to be holding each other accountable and like Take that burden off off of us because we've been doing it for a really long time. I love it. Okay. Wait, else, you- wait, wait. I have to interject the Cowboy Bebop saying, saying is like, yes, you're going to have to carry that weight. What? <laughs> Nobody. Cowboy Bebop. You're going to have to carry that weight. What are you talking about? Do you guys not watch anime? See oh, my gosh. To me, that's a lyric from a Beatles song, <laughs> no, but that just makes me sound really white. My so. Heart, so embarrassing for you. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody reacts to um, I appreciate I the sentiment behind it. So, yeah, yeah. right on, Orange, right yeah. on. Um, Jimmy, just for funsies, mm-hmm. can you tell us about some egregious experiences you've had with men, either online or in person, that are just, just stick with you? That we might find amusing or horrifying. Yeah. So I think that this is also interesting because I am someone who is not like conventionally attractive. I'm like a fat, queer woman of color and uh, also like lives in a disabled body. So I don't, I think it's a lot of the same stuff that like conventionally attractive women would get, which is like my inbox being flooded with disgusting messages and like Can I clarify, when you say conventionally attractive, you mean attractive by Eurocentric beauty standards, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Like, you know, I think I get treated really differently by men than uh, people who they consider attractive. Right. And... I think that uh, the way that men interact with women, a lot of that is based on their attraction to them. So my experiences with men are, I think, very different than maybe most women experience. But I still get a lot of gross stuff. Mine is more based in, like, I get approached by a lot of people who are trying to, like, fetishize me, Mm. which is uh, really terrible. Recently, I was at uh, this, like, queer, kinky very sex positive space. And this person came up to me and just cold started with, 
um would you uh would you like to be in a threesome with me have you ever dreamed of that and i was like um hi of a person i haven't met who are you (laughs) (laughs) Um, we i was literally just standing here like trying to walk to dinner what is happening (laughs) i was like is this for real was Uh, it for real it was so it was so he just was like he was like i would love to make that dream come true for you do you have a friend who you think you could bring into this oh he he wanted you to do double to work yeah he wanted me to find one of my friends to bring in and he just like keeps going and keeps going what kind of what kind of fucking do you like to do i was like what is is, sir what is your what (laughs) did you just let him go see i was usually i would like engage i would you know whatever but i was just so shocked into silence that i just i just like stared at him i was like what is happening so he like you know i was like uh i don't think that i'm the person that you're (laughs) i don't think i'm the one you've been dreaming (laughs) i'm not the one sir um and then as he's walking away my best friend walks up who is (laughs) um trans and uh does not identify as a woman and he just looks at them and goes uh i'm sure that she'll tell you all about what, oh, all no. about it if you're interested let me know and i was like all about it and then he takes another step away and he goes he turns back and he goes what was your name again oh my like, god <laughs> oh my god and afterwards i was like telling that story to someone and they were like oh my god point him out so that we can like you know laugh at him and like shame right. him afterwards and i was like honestly now I'm wondering if that's what he was looking for. Like, he wanted me to just, like, tear him apart. Like, that's his kink. Yeah, it like, could be. Just... So I don't even know Super sometimes. non-consensual well, degrading. Hold on. So, so question, question, because, like, I think, Denzel, I think you brought this up once before about the fetishization uh, on skin color. Like, do you feel that this is a, I guess, somewhat similar mm. situation? It was another man of color. That was the other thing. I met Oof. him at the POC mixer. What oh. a shame. So. Yikes. Hashtag called out. That done me. Yeah. <laughs> Denzel's like, I have I'm like, look, like I said, all men, right? It's all men. It doesn't matter what color, <laughs> what skin color, which ethnicity. Right. Like, like we're it, on a we're on a staircase. Right. You have white men up mm-hmm. there and you are some level of mm-hmm. right uh steps away from privilege. Uh I saw yeah. um That's I'm right. uh reading a book about um social justice yoga. Um and one of the things I read was instead of co- this person, instead of using the term intersectionality, um, and as we've talked about on the podcast, has become um, like used, used and misused a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, they refer to that as existing between many worlds. Mm. Um, and I really appreciate that as yeah. a descriptor of what intersectionality is for you, especially you've got, you exist in many worlds. And yeah, I played this game once where you were given like a set of paper clips and then a series of statements were read and you like added or took away right. a paper clip and you got to the end and I was like, oh, damn, I have a long chain. Yes. I live at the center right. of a lot of like lot of the Venn worlds. diagram, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that that's like uh, when, when I used to get those really cringy messages on FET or comments or like being approached like that my go-to was just like oh I'm at at first it was like I'm gonna educate you right right? nobody's taking the time out of their day to tell you why that made me feel unsafe and gross so I'm gonna do that right uh and then I realized that like they have had people tell them that 
This is not new news to them. Right. They're choosing to like continue operating that way. Completely. So then I started like tearing them apart mm-hmm. and being like, oh, I'm going to embarrass you. And then they would respond with, you could have just educated me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm like, now I just ignore them for the most part because I'm like, I think that that's maybe what you're trying to get out of it. You're right. you, like, and you have to pay me to talk about you like that now. Right. Um, yeah, they yeah. want to get a rise out of you. Yeah. Any reaction is is what they're looking for. Yeah. I often, people will message me on FET sort of those cold opens where they're just like, I want to do this with you. Yeah. And I'll always respond with, hello, and then I'll put in brackets, insert mm-hmm. name here. Like, if you're interested in custom content, you can find me here and they'll always respond with like oh i'm so sorry to introduce or not always but they'll often be like oh my name is miles or whatever and i'm like hi miles let's like approach me like a fucking human please Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that that's like the root of a lot of this issue and i have a quote i would love to share so excited i'm gonna pretend i don't know what this quote is tell me the quote (laughs) Uh i'm so interested uh it's by marilyn fry from the politics of reality and it says to say that straight men are heterosexual is only to say that they engage in sex fucking exclusively with the other sex i.e women all or almost all of that which pertains to love most straight men reserve exclusively for other men the people for whom they admire, respect, adore, revere, honor, whom they imitate, idolize, and form profound attachments to, whom they are willing to teach, and from whom they are willing to learn, uh, and whose respect, admiration, recognition, honor, reverence, and love they desire, those are overwhelmingly other men. In their relationships with women, what passes for respect is kindness, generosity, or paternalism, What passes for honor is removal to the pedestal. From women, they want devotion, service, and sex. Heterosexual male culture is homoerotic. It is man-loving. And I think that that's the root of... I love all of that. Because it touches on my lived experience, especially in my younger years before I was actually with um, men who were um, respectful in, in the correct in the correct respectful way Mm -hmm. when I was with people who um, were benevolently sexist towards me and either put me on a pedestal or considered respect when they were nice to me Mm -hmm. um, or nice or kind. And um, it just, it strikes home so um, accurately. I just so appreciate that quote that, you know, like, and you see it in TV and shows and stuff, men, um, uh, are conditioned by culture to form close attachments with other men. Mm-hmm. But the attachments we see that they have with other men aren't um, emotional. They're often like very bro-y. Yeah. I think the first time I ever saw a uh, like loving male relationship on TV was in Scrubs. Mm. Um, where like that and really only one of the men was like, I have emotions for you. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. For the for the gentleman in the room, what was your experience with like watching male friendships on TV and then experiencing those in real life as young people? Uh, well, I grew up on anime. Mm. And I'd say mm. like anime has really, you know, it's it comes from Eastern culture. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that Eastern culture and the way that masculinity and maleness is presented there is vastly different but knowing what i was able to experience from like characters and like i would say that those were lessons that 
I feel better prepared me for trying to be a decent man mm. based on like some of the stuff is no go, but right. there are things that I was able to experience through those characters. Cause it's like a genuine, like, like a, a, a typical trope is like the rivals where it's like two people who like grow up as children together. And they're like, we're, we're, t- we're trying to attain the same goal, mm-hmm. but we're going to beef with each other, but we're still always, no matter what, going to have each other's back. And we, still encourage each other's growth in some way. Goku and Vegeta, perfect example. Like that is a that is an example of a, a pretty solid, you know, male-male relationship. They came in as aggressives. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, it's like, no, like you are my you're like the godfather to my child now. Mm-hmm. And now we go both save the world. So <laughs> I would say that, you know, coming from an anime background, I was able to see it, but thinking about like just traditional television, mm-hmm. no. It's very much like Based on the the cowboy pioneer warrior trope, yeah, like that's where a lot of like Western culture and masculinity, like the issues with the male gaze, comes from the John Wayne era mm. and like being the strong but silent type. Mm-hmm. That's why we don't have good representation of men relationships is because of that image right there. Back to like cowboy days. Yeah, I was also thinking too, uh, the TV, the like sitcoms that I grew into or grew uh. up with were. Like the they always followed this like pattern of like average looking mm-hmm. men with insanely hot wives mm-hmm. who were and they were like mean to their wives. Yeah, they like hated their wives. They hated yes. their wives and like also sometimes were not even attracted to them, which I thought yeah. was kind of wild. And they when they were attracted to them, it was only about sex and they were always turned down for sex, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. made, you know, like to me, someone who has a high a high amount of desire, I always thought this was like a weird thing to marry someone you didn't have a higher amount of attraction to, um, or to like discuss sexuality in a mature way. Like I'm not interested in sex right now, but like, let's have intimacy in a different way. So like, Mm -hmm. it didn't give me any room on those TVs to even see relationships where I'm like, accept, accept for Morticia and Gomez. Mm. I was just looking that shit up today. I got one more The dream man. The dream man. Yeah, because, I mean, come on. Gomez was... Emotional. Amazing. Respectful. You know, whatever you want. Passionate. passionate. He was Just a like great dancer. father. Involved like father. in how yes. much he loved and respected and adored her. And they, she right? loved him too. It and those are the relationships that we look at and right. we're like, oh, right. wow, you two actually like each other? Like, right. you think she's funny? You think she's smart? That is not something that I see a lot of men, mm-hmm. uh, like... The, the number of times that I've heard people be like, women aren't funny. Oh, oh my God. Don't get, wait, this is a whole nother episode for that whole <laughs> discussion. And I'm just like, because you don't get it doesn't mean that we're right. funny. Our crafts, right, right. our hobbies aren't interesting, right. right? Like, we're frivolous, we're frigid, whatever. Um, but I think that that, uh, like, uh, that is why they approach us in right. the way that they do is right. because they're not necessarily interested in getting to know us as people. Completely. They don't see us as people right. as like well-rounded whole uh, like persons that they yeah. want to know. Right. They see us as like, I get hard when I look at you and imagine my parts <laughs> and your parts interacting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, so this, this goes into a quote that Mango mentioned or a statement Mango said earlier regarding um, socialized. So being socialized into that way. Um, to which uh, asking one of the questions that I borrow from Ingo very frequently is like, who does it benefit mm. uh, for for that particular thing to continue to exist? And like it benefits 
well, really it benefits those who have control because mm-hmm. the more that, you know, men are oppressing women, uh, the more you have situations to where, well, we, we end up having conversations like this for a reason. Let me just say it that way mm-hmm. because problematic people exist. But I, I just want to interject a little bit in there because it seemed uh, relevant. It's a, it's definitely relevant. I think asking who benefits from that type of portrayal of men and that type of like insistence that men behave that way, um, it really benefits you know, a patriarchal white supremacist system that yeah. keeps, um, that categorizes men and women in a certain way that puts men above women, but specifically white men above women, because we know that from tropes on TV, um, what I'm describing is usually a white couple or mm-hmm. a white man with a woman of color. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The, the uh, men of color that we see on sitcoms it's a very different trope. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like, we have our own, right? We've, it, it, we've seen yeah. Living Single, A Different World. They, they had their own It culture. could go up and it could also go left, too, because <laughs> yeah. it depends on if you're watching a Tyler Perry movie. Like, right. you dark-skinned brother, like, you are for <laughs> sure, for sure a woman beater, a cheater, yeah, and everything. Right. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. we got our own tropes. Also, my other uh, television uh, male <laughs> thing is Fox Mulder from the X-Files. I think mm. him and Dana Scully have the best relationship. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah. Absolutely. That's my other tangent. Sorry. Um, yeah. uh, I never watched the X-Files, but I'm aware of Scully was the woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Jillian Anderson. Jillian Anderson. Oh, um, she could just step on my throat Get it. and spit Ugh. in my face and Anytime, I would bank her. Any day. Any, any age. moment <laughs> of any day. I could be busy. Like, I just want to <laughs> sit and listen to her talk about yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and just like... <laughs> Read Wikipedia pages to uh, me. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm glad that everyone in this room and hopefully all of our listeners are equally attracted to this. <laughs> Gosh. Well, so so if, if it's any consolation, I have not watched X-Files, so... I haven't either. I was just saying I, I'm aware of. Um, I I've watched Sex Education. Um, is that a show? It's a sh- yeah. It's it a is. show. It's about mm. um, these like teens in the UK, and um, she plays get, like a sex she, therapist. Yeah, and what? she's the mom of one of the. Wait, main wait, wait is, is that the Netflix one? It's on yes. Netflix. Yeah. See, see, okay, okay. Uh, I would like to just quickly interject. Like, I think the UK, the UK handles sex way better than the United States because they have skins, which I think talk about a lot of very prevalent topics. I don't have skins. Sex. Although skins was like. Pretty intense. That was more skin, adult. Skins was very intense. I don't know. We had adult, like, but it I guess it was Canadian Degrassi. But oh like, God, Degrassi. shows have tried. <laughs> Degrassi. Shows have tried. No, Drake, no. Oh, Drake. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, like, wheelchair just, Jimmy. I'll just say this. When Drake became famous, I was very confused. I was like, his name was like, Jimmy? is Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> say his name right. What's happening? Aubrey, Jimmy, Drake. Yes. <laughs> Jimmy. His name is Jimmy. This is the same thing happened with Childish Gambino because mm. I watched Community oh my gosh, first. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, Troy. His name is Troy. Yeah. I'm very... <laughs> Donald Glover. <laughs> Donald... Don- yes. Yeah. Um, That's going to be fused with Danny Glover. I Yes. <laughs> Which happens often. I've met Danny Glover. That's very exciting. Yeah. I was at a... Um, forever ago when the 2020 election was happening it was like anyway just not important but i did meet him at this like election thing and i was like oh my god hi yeah. hi danny glover so exciting to meet you not to be confused with donald glover um yeah <laughs> not the same person um 
coming back to some of our questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just having what such a good time. What was this episode about? This, again? Yeah, this episode was well, just why us. Men? Yeah, why men? But also just this like so much fun. I love this. Um, oh, oh, hold on, really quickly. Why men with Charles Gambino? Because like I swore, I swore that Redbone. He didn't sing that. It was like auto tune. But he came out on stage and sang it live. I was like, no way. I don't believe you. I had to watch it like five times. It was great. What are you talking about? Donald Glover in, in his range. I mean, we could talk about Donald Glover and the way that he talks about women in his music and treats the women in his life, but that is not <laughs> oh, what this, ep- oh, this, okay. this episode he's is got about. Some, he's got misogyny some stuff in I was like, you picked the wrong, oh, no. <laughs> wrong person. I have to say, <laughs> go um, back to there are musicians that I have loved for a long time, and then... Um, you know, either an accusation happens or I like sense one mm. coming, and mm-hmm, I'm just like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just like, I can't, I don't, I idolize any. Did you have something to say? Denzel? Oh, I, I have a question, but you can finish. I was gonna. Okay, so recently I've just been like, every time I hear an Usher song, like paranoid that <sighs> Usher some accusations coming. Oh, out. you don't. Okay. Is there? I'm gonna. No. I'm not gonna. I'm no, not tell gonna me. I need you. to we know. Can, we can talk about it after. We can talk. But there's already. There's already. There's already. Neil got caught sure. like today. The cheating Ushbox? for what? eight years. Yeah, like, yeah. Neo got got three songs out of here. <laughs> all of Chris Brown. Like, Chris like, been out. I'm a womanizer, but I sound nice singing about it. So, uh, oh, I, that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like that's the I, I, what I'm worried about is is sexual assault. The like cheating mm-hmm. heavily to me. Cheating is someone's personal business. I don't think it's a good thing. Yeah. But cheating is their business. There is there is some iffy stuff out there about um, failing to uh, give people like the, the knowledge that they needed before. Oh, okay. I so no informed consent. Yeah. Fun. Some informed um, consent issues. Well, we will that. talk about that because well, I, yeah. I, I, I oh. for our listeners, if you have someone you idolize, you should mm-hmm. not avoid especially if they're men, you should not avoid finding out that they're bad people because it serves your mm. version of the world. It, True. Um, Perspective. Um, Denzel, what was your question? Uh, my question was going to be is how do, since we're on this subject, is what are your thoughts on cancel culture and men? Oh, I have s- I'm prepared yeah. for this question. I mean, okay, so I will say that like I'm an abolitionist and that I think informs a lot of my... My feelings about this. I feel like um, all of these issues that we're talking about today, we're talking about like individuals that we've had experiences with, but they are systems, right? Mm-hmm. These are cultural issues. And until we like tackle that, we're going to keep seeing these same patterns repeated. Uh, recently, maybe like in the last two years, some rope folks got together and these, they, did a whole series well, of videos. Before before we continue, just just to clarify, we're not going to name names, but we're going to be as generic as we can be. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. If you <laughs> if you want to find out what this this uh, project was called, hit me up. Um, but they did this series of videos about <clears throat> um, these like abuses that they had endured at the hands of like powerful men in the rope scene. Mm-hmm. And what they did was instead of focusing on those individual men and like, you know, like trying to get them canceled, they were like, these are the patterns Mm -hmm. that had we had an understanding of what these patterns were, we could have maybe avoided getting into these situations or like gotten out when we started seeing these red flags. And so like, that's a great idea. One of the things that we, we need to talk about is not like 
should individual men be canceled for like abusing and harming, whether it's intentional or unintentional. What we need to talk about is like, how are we as a community tackling this issue and how are we noticing these patterns and setting us up so that we don't keep having this same Mm -hmm. thing happen where every couple of months we see somebody getting like their fall from grace Mm -hmm. because they were up on this pedestal or they had this position of power, all Mm -hmm. of this social capital and they were abusing Mm -hmm. it. And then it comes to light and all of a sudden it's pattern behavior. Yeah. It's record. Cause again, a pattern is, a series of actions that is continuing to follow a particular route. So it's like, if we, like you're saying again, as like a community were to isolate and recognize like, okay, like that is it. Like, how do we put a dam between yeah, those are the red flags. this? Cause again, cause and effect. If you stop the cause of happening, there is no effect. So I, I, I like your approach to that. Yeah. And that's not to blame anybody who's right. ever been caught in that pattern and found themselves hurt and harmed. Like, Obviously, it's happening right. mm-hmm. all the time to people around us. And I just wish that we could, like, I don't know, hit pause and all talk about it. Sometimes I wish, though, when people say the words cancel culture, I wish we could reframe it as accountability culture. Yeah. Because there are times when um, something is brought to light, let's say within our community, let, I, I'm not even speaking of, like, you know, celebrities, although they fail at this a lot of the time, but within our community, within the King community, things are brought to light. And um, I I feel more often than not, people will, cis men will jump to saying like, I'm being canceled. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying like, I'd like to take this opportunity to take accountability for what I did as much as I can without, you know, I often, people don't often know who their accusers are. And I think it's important to say like, without knowing who my accusers are, I'm going to do the work to um, be a safe person for others in the yeah. future. Um, like, I, I wish that in, instead of framing it as cancel culture, we could um, expect cis men to take some accountability. Yeah. And that can look like yeah. being deplatformed. Right. That right. can Absolutely. look like, right. obviously, right. you cannot Especially be trusted with a, a position of power right. yeah. when there's no one to check you because right. of your level of privilege. Mm-hmm. That can look like restitution. That can look like a lot of different things. Right. Um, but I don't think that our community has the education or resources set up to be doing that on our own. I think yeah. there's been a lot of messy attempts at it. And right. then it's just like, well, obviously, it's transformative justice doesn't work. Well, right. Justice doesn't or people, work. people talk about transformative <laughs> yeah. justice without like, recognizing it. They don't know what it is. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. unless the victim wants to engage in that yeah. process, you cannot force them to meet you at the table. Yeah. You just have to do the things that make you take accountability as much as you can. And and like uh it's I imagine that it sucks a lot to be in that position, especially if you didn't if you were brought up in a in a culture that told you you could do these things to women and to non-binary and trans people. If you were told you can behave this way, mm-hmm. Um, and in the King community, even if you were told that you could behave this way, like I, I, this is such a small example, but I was at the slosh the other day and a guy was going around, he had the word daddy on his shirt and he was going around like Mm -hmm. calling people naughty. And I was like, you can't even do that because Mm -hmm. you don't have consent to do that. You need to establish. And also, first of all, introduce yourself as always. He did. 
I when I said to him, I was like, "What is your name?" And he's like, "Does he, this he was work like, for you?" He was off guard. He was like, "Oh, I'm so and so." And I'm like, "Okay, let's have a normal conversation yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and don't speak to me like that because we're not in a dynamic. It's fucking weird." But my point is like, if you were told that you were allowed to behave that way, and then and then you got deplatformed, I know it sucks. I imagine it feels really bad, and I imagine um, because you're very. Um, like it feels so personal. It feels like you can't right. escape this there's horrible a lot of feeling. Fragility there. So much fragility. And there's there's well, a lot at stake. Your characters yeah. being questioned and all of that. And like, I don't know. This is like a really big topic. Yeah, exactly. There there's certainly yeah. some people who like have studied this a lot more. Like Adrian Marie Brown. If you aren't reading Adrian Marie Brown, like a- you gotta Adrian, be. Sorry. She just wrote a really great book mm-hmm. all about this. They will not cancel us. Adrian I think Marie Brown. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that's that the name out. of the book. Uh, and she got so much flack for even writing this book from fellow abolitionists, right? Who are like, when it comes to sexual assault, which I think that this is why this is such a present thing in our conversation in kink, mm-hmm. is because a lot of what we do is mm-hmm. deeply intimate, requires a lot of trust, and there is a lot of potential for unintentional and intentional harm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it seems much more amplified when something happens. Um, Especially in a small community. Exactly. And it's like happening all of the time Mm -hmm. because it's happening all of the time out in the world. But, you know, we don't have uh, as much openness to like have conversations about it and things like that. Um, But yeah, even in the abolitionist community, that's like the number one question that people ask when you say like prison should be abolished is like, what are you going to do to the rapists? And it's like, <laughs> what do we do to them now? Yeah. Does what we do now work? Yeah. Uh, the answer is no. Just put has it in a box. canceling men in the scene even done anything? No, do they no. just end up popping up in another spot right. with another venue? Life. With another, another like, name. Yeah, we yeah. see it happen so many times. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it's my like go-to for this is just like, if a man is pursuing a powerful position, I just kind of assume that yeah. <laughs> it's for nefarious reasons. Um, right, right. Not even, again, intentionally, but I think it's one of those things where it's like once you you already exist right. steeped in this culture. You've seen the patterns. You already have this unchecked privilege, and then you get access to um, people in really vulnerable, intimate settings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm then it's just like a breeding ground yeah. for abuse. Yes. And it is what it is. And I just, yeah, I, I don't think that men should be leading <laughs> groups. I don't think that they should be in charge of facilitating or in venues for exactly this reason. And it sucks that like that is how it feels, but like we've seen the pattern repeated so many yeah. times that like how else do we do something about it? Because then when people speak up, inevitably it is almost always women of color who immediately are like nope he doesn't pass the vibe check because he didn't treat me like a human when i walked in the room because he wasn't attracted to me right like Mm -hmm. and we just get ignored and then we like sit back and watch Watch and i think this is how i got the reputation that i got in our local scene was actually because like i repeatedly was like so and so doesn't seem like a safe person maybe we should stop giving them our money and people were just like you're bitter and blah 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 and i was like 
okay. And then a couple yeah. months yeah. later on the yeah. calendar. Yeah. That actually, <laughs> wow. And then people come running to me and they're like, oh my God, why didn't you stop this? <laughs> why didn't you st- and I'm like, you. honestly, women of color lead every charge in every social justice um, for survival, we for, have to. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just—it's like the canary in the coal mine situation, right, exactly. which is so deeply unfortunate. Um, that is actually like one of our questions: is how do you know a man is dangerous? What do you do about it? And I—I I know from my perspective, um, it's just a feeling, and yeah. then I'll just tell everyone I know, mm-hmm. and I have no qualms about this. Yeah, I'll tell everyone I know they haven't had a report against them yet, but I wouldn't hang out with that person. Yeah, exactly, and that's like. Gossip, what is like termed gossip, right. is just like women keeping each other safe right. through the ages, right? right. And, and I don't care if those men find out that I did that. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, our scene operates from such a place of scarcity when right. it comes mm. to resources. And who actually has the time and mm-hmm. money and social capital to be able to purchase and run a venue? Who has the time and resources and social capital to be Your, leading groups yep. and promoting themselves to be educators? Who's taken seriously as educators? This was a huge, I mean, across the scene, a huge problem. But like, I think it gets amplified so much in Rope, which is kind of the space that I spend a lot of time in. And yeah. a few years ago, the only big name educators were these like white men for some mm-hmm. I was like y'all are already base level appropriating a whole cultural practice <laughs> how did you become <laughs> the experts the voice um and it was such a really dangerous place to learn and exist in and uh I am really think like when I started in the rope scene I would go to events nobody would want to teach me nobody would want to tie with me nobody would want to talk to me I was like treated like I wasn't even a person because I wasn't the like perfect rope bottom. Right. Uh, right and then right. I was never taken seriously as a top. Like, <laughs> you think that you can do this thing? Ha 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 ha. Wait, uh, wait, and wait. J- Jamie, can, can, I, can I get your live reaction to the statement of you should never tie people who you can't lift with your own hands? Oh my God. I mean, one of the single just, most problematic things that I've heard directly. And I was like, really? Okay. It's, it's, it's just a level of like That's education. Asinine. Like that just means you don't know what you're doing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And it is That's what so it is. That's so embarrassing for them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how I feel when, when people say stuff like that now. I'm just like, oh my God. Like, yeah, the yikes. secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. <laughs> that like you thought that you were trying to like body shame people. Oof. In 2022? <laughs> yeah. Right? Oof. In 2022. Um, yeah. yeah. Not in this economy. Right? No, ma'am. Right, and I'm exactly. just like, I wouldn't have stayed in Rope if it hadn't been for spaces like Hitch and Bitches. Like, thank God I found Hitch and Bitches, which was a space where what a name. only women were allowed to teach and top rope. And men were invited into the space with the understanding of that ethos. And they were not allowed to tie and they were not allowed to teach. And mm-hmm. if they did try, which they often did, try to mansplain a thing, we were like... Nope. Nope. And there were badass women in that group who were doing the thing. And like that group has evolved over the years to kind of just be a safe haven for any gender minority who wants to get into rope and doesn't feel safe. And the whole scene, the whole rope scene has really changed because of groups like Hitch and Bitches. And now I could name the top 10, I think, riggers in the country and in the world, and they are all trans or non-binary or women uh they are all like the respected people that everybody wants to learn from and it's because they 
were kind of underground before and were having to be much more creative and thoughtful and tying different bodies and therefore they got really good at rope. Yeah. And so the whole culture has changed. And that's not to say that the only people who are ever doing harm are men. Obviously, we know that's not true. But yeah, it's just like these systems that we all exist in get carried over into our kink. And I think it's so silly to think that we don't have to consider that in all of our interactions with each other and how we ethically Mm -hmm. are in community together. Yeah, it's a fact. It's unfortunate because I... um, I, I agree with you when you say all men because just like all all white people are racist, all men are socialized in this. And um like I know I know of good men in my world, but um they had to like it's almost like guilty until proven innocent with a lot of them. Like they yeah. had to demonstrate not just that they were like, as you say, like meeting the bar, but like far surpassing it yeah and the bar is because i'm afraid of so low so and i think that that's the thing where like maybe men don't realize and again how in 2022 you're not realizing that women are just like terrified of you yeah (laughs) and it's for good reason right because it's like you know we hear that thing all the time that like getting accused of of abuse or whatever is like a man's worst nightmare right false accusations and it's like literally my baseline worst fear going into just a first date is like am i going to survive this right am i gonna die am i gonna die right right Right? so like all of this is like very well founded and it's like every individual man's responsibility again you don't have to do this you can keep operating the way you do obviously you can still exist in the world you can still be having sex and engaging in kink and leading groups and teaching and all of that. But if you want to do it ethically and you want women to feel safe and all of that with you and to be able to like fight this oppression, right. you need to like be doing the work. Yeah. And, and you need to easy. be a little uncomfortable. Oh, Very. Well, well, yeah. so, so, so since we're kind of halfway there, because I think we answered in two different parts. I mean, what exactly can men in the kink community... It's, not not just our local kink community, but just in general. What can men do to, uh, I guess, hashtag do better? Well, what mm. do you what do you do? What do yeah. the two of you do? Uh, uh, did Denzel Put want you, you want to go first? I, I can go second. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm gonna go. I mean, you, you go. Yeah, you <laughs> speak. <laughs> I want to hear from. I do want to hear from both of you because uh, you are two men that I feel safe with in the community. Oh, okay. And uh, like that's a huge deal. So so I th- I think um I think it might have. It it may have been Jamie or somebody adjacent to Jamie who said this. It's like, Orange, you, you've never been like ultra problematic. You've never had any issues with like over overstepping people's boundaries and stuff. So I appreciate for that. But that's such a low bar, Orange. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's like, it, it was either Jamie or somebody Jamie adjacent that said that. And I was like, yeah, like it's it's frustrating for me because all I do is just, you know, somebody says don't do a thing and just don't fucking do the thing. But and you actively don't. do good. I, I, I'm What I'm getting True. at here is like, <laughs> How do you approach the kink community mm-hmm. in an um, intentional effort to make people feel safe? Uh, I, I approach it from the very selfish perspective of, does this person want to play board games? Yes or no? <laughs> if the answer is no, then it's like, okay, I'll just interact with this person <laughs> like I do with anybody I hang out with. Because if they want to play board games, it's like, cool, let's try to figure out how to make board games happen. But basically what I'm saying is that like, like I don't, I don't hyper-focus. I don't hyper uh, 
hyper zoom in on things like sex specifically. I think a lot of people get overzealous when they say, I want to do this sex specifically. I want to make sex happen with this person. So I'm going to do everything I can to be overbearing. I'm going to answer me, this question for Orange. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's, 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 that's my because response. Because I'll, ex- I'll express um, the reason. So when I first met Orange, I was um, new to the local community. Mm-hmm. Um, not new to kink but knew the local community and orange was someone who was um friendly kind but more than anything like really interested in everyone's perspectives Mm. um and i think one really big thing especially about like cis men and kink in our in any community but definitely in ours is like it especially for like fake doms is really what i'm thinking about yes (laughs) for our kennies out there the the disinterest they have in other human beings is so evident so immediately yeah and like orange is someone who's very interested in other people's perspectives and um will discuss them to death for sure um because it's fun can attest yes it is it's fun for orange for sure definitely Um, (laughs) (laughs) but but what i'm saying is um um orange seeks to understand Orange doesn't seek to have I, – I, I want to think that Orange seeks to understand, doesn't seek to have his views imposed on other people. Although, thinking That's back fair. to some of our earlier episodes, when, I, when <laughs> Orange is like, let me convince you. I was like, there have yes. been moments where <laughs> even if, if, if Orange has mansplained a thing to me, oh, and yes. I just sit there and if I, if I may, if nod, I may defend, and it is what it is. If I may defend myself in that one moment <laughs> – uh, th- there are situations to where I feel I've gathered understanding from listening to people and hearing stuff. So I'm kind of trying to regurgitate the things that I've heard from other people and say, hey, here's an additional perspective that is the reason why I think this way to in the hopes of maybe that could be a value or use. Uh, but a lot of times it comes off as like, Orange, you're being competitive. It's like, no, I'm not being competitive. It's just I need you to know all the things I know. Right Orange, now. we're trying to compliment you. So yeah, just, t- just t- t- shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Denzel, Love you too, Jamie. <laughs> Denzel, what are the things that you do actively to be a safe cis man? Um, honestly, I just think it's I'm true to who I am. Mm-hmm. And I say that to say that a lot of men truly don't know who they are because of what we're mm-hmm. all talking about. The systemic view is like we are – I read this – I read it. The reason I've been like sitting here like contemplating is I've read this really good book about like redefining masculinity in the Mm. last like two or three months and it's basically like started back from like indigenous tribes and how there were like rites of initiation into manhood where it was like only men raise men to be a certain kind of thing but all that to say is that our culture has created men to like fulfill certain roles and if you're just constantly shifting into those roles and never figuring out who you are off stage, then you're never going to know. So like, I don't, like, I don't necessarily think I go above and I mean, sometimes I do in certain circumstances, like if something happens, like, yes, let me figure out how to support you. But also I think it's like similar with orange is, uh, being open-minded, having a lot of perspectives. Like I can remember just like being invited into a lot of spaces. Like one of the, one of the first defining moments for me was, um, I used to do photography for um, national poetry scene. And there's this thing called Women of the World Poetry Slam, where it's all women and feminine identifying individuals. And they fly in for like four days of only they touch the mic. Mm. And in these events, there was like maybe about five or six other men who were like in the poetry scene. 
And it's just being able to recognize like, y'all have welcomed me into this space. So all I'm going to do is literally come here and do what I came to do, which is take pictures and fucking listen. And I think that is what I do in order to be a safe man in this in this in this system society anywhere else it's because i just shut the fuck up and listen sometimes <laughs> and men that is the lesson is like <laughs> mm-hmm. you think you know but honestly you don't know so just stay quiet and listen to somebody else's perspective because that's how you change behavior that's how you change patterns is by seeing something from a different perspective and if a man has never been challenged by himself and held himself accountable to change his perspective, then yeah, it no matter what you throw at him, tell him anything else, it's still going to stick until internally perspective has been seen and changed. But in order to do that, he's got to open up and say, I want to have a different point of view of life. Because if not, you're just going to keep doing the same thing. Insanity. Okay. I want to distill some of that yeah, because nice. that was all gold. Um, what I'm hearing from, from you, Denzel, is that You've done the reading, which is so important. I know a lot of men would just straight up refuse to read perspectives that are not um, like in line with their original beliefs. You also are so willing to sit back and listen. Um, and something that I really respect about you, because, you know, by your own admission, you're like a little newer to the kink scene is that you are so ready to admit when you don't know a thing and you are so willing to ask a diversity of people to, to help you learn the thing. Um, and I think a big part of male fragility is that a lot of men will just go to other men mm. or um, they'll, go to themselves. they'll go to themselves or they won't ask or they'll assume they can know everything just by like looking at pictures on FET, for instance. Um, so I just think it, you know, like if our listeners out there who are cis men are listening, like those are some things you can do immediately. You can do some reading, you can, um, listen to people when they talk and you can ask questions when you don't know something. You don't have to know everything. And take yourself out the spotlight. That's another thing. And it's because again, men are in this system, men are at the spotlight, specifically white men. They are at the spotlight. And then in in the black world, like it is black men who sit in the black spotlight of the Mm. world too. So it's like when you take yourself out and you see what other people can and will and want to do in the spotlight, you say, okay, I want to support. Like you go from being the actor to behind the scenes. And I think that is what helps to be a good man. And it makes you a better, um, like fill in the blank, better poet, better photographer. Yeah, human being at the core of it all. All of that. Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, using the social capital and privilege Mm. and resources that you have to platform, uh, other perspectives, being really self-reflective, like who am I learning from? Mm -hmm. What spaces do I frequent? What groups do I go to? Who am I listening to? Who am I reading? You know, that's like, I mean, (laughs) a different topic, but uh, like, you know, after the summer of 2020, when like every white person in my life was coming to me being oh. like, I read White Fragility. And I was like, cool. <laughs> that was, yeah, what's next? By another white woman. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> I read that book. Can you, <laughs> can you yeah. read some, some literature by black women? Because yep, yep. <laughs> they've been saying this right. Right. You need for some years, in your right? Um, and it's like, yeah, so reflecting on all of that, if you can access it, 
therapy mm. therapy bro therapy. get you sure. some therapy okay. bro. It, been, been in there for a couple of years <laughs> that too. is yeah. that is it is, yeah. is seek therapy and like even therapy is something that is like so culturally um oh yeah therapy still has it also still has its issues like yeah it's, it's still pretty white and cis yeah like, and there's like whole fields right. of therapy that are designed to uphold white supremacy right. and right. that do not have the cultural context for being right. a person of color or whatever right. and black also, people don't also, fuck with therapists I mean, exactly. some of us don't, but like, exactly. yeah, that's that white people shit. Right. Yeah. Right. That's literally <laughs> what you grow up real. on as a black person and a black man yeah. trying to talk about emotions when mm. you got years of slavery and like the idea of concept of like, yo, Strong, we just yeah. became human beings a hundred years yeah. ago. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, right. Like according to that. And then what we're taught and conditioned is Less like, let's ago. be like the white men who are human beings. So that's what we're right. learning from. Those exactly. are our like when they say forefathers, like mm-hmm. in a weird, twisted way, like that is who we learned how to be men from, and that's fucking wild. It is yeah. wild. Is. But that low bar, yeah, of <laughs> nice. like go to therapy, yeah. not even go to therapy is like treat everybody <laughs> like same. a person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That so many, I mean, people, but especially men either trip over or try to like dig under is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's it. That's the the, lowest bar is like treat people like humans, like people, like you respect them. Right. And let's everything, everything else is above and beyond. But like, that's a great starting point. (laughs) I love that. Um, It is a low bar, but like I, it still bears saying that um, like, if you're not hitting that bar, do some self inquiry. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, Uh-oh. like, if, if I interject, because we're asking men to hit a bar, some still can't find the G spot. Let's be realistic. Uh-huh. Some, 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 some oh, still can't, can't find, find the, the bar in the gym. Some they can't even find was the clit, a generous. So. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, no. I do want to say, um, right, fun he, fact: the G spot was named for the male doctor who, it? quote unquote, discovered it. Yes. Um, and I will okay. never get over that sentence that I just said. Because- <sighs> so, so, so Mingo, as we're going to call it the G spot because the J spot didn't yeah. sound as cool. Yep. But, but Mingo, as you're saying that, I'm picturing a doctor putting a flag. Like yep. on the moon? <laughs> yep. I have now discovered the G spot. <laughs> that God. is effectively what I am describing. Yeah. Sounds, sounds about man. So no, right. shitty. <laughs> sounds about man. So should I? Like, look, um, look, Den- Denzel, look, I just gotta take the L on that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> take the L on that one. That's that X Y in there. I love it. Um, <laughs> chromosome fucking everything up. Well, we have about ten minutes left, um, and I honestly, we're not gonna make this a ninety-minute episode, but I kind of honestly talk to you I forever because this is so. I also think like you should just be on the podcast. <laughs> Just, so, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. When Orange <laughs> told me that y'all were doing this podcast, I was like, I want to be on this podcast. I um, have things to say. Yes, <laughs> but nobody in our community likes me. So um, <laughs> maybe do. a good. We do. I like you. I'm. I'm somebody. Oh no. I think the right people don't like you. They're that if that not. makes that sense, right there the is exactly what people, it is. No, the the, cr- the people, people who are not supposed. The, the you know what I'm saying yeah well <laughs> wait, wait, the bad wait, wait, wait. people okay. don't like so you. it's that's exactly <laughs> that? what it is yeah. and it's like something that I really struggle with a lot is like I don't want to be going out to these events yeah, that were yeah, not yeah. Yep, designed yep. for me that right. don't feel safe for me yeah why and I spent so many years trying to reform the scene trying to make spaces safer 
trying to do all of that. And it was so exhausting. The yeah. amount of emo- like right. it, it took all of the fun and joy and pleasure out of it for me. And this is kind of like across the board with a lot of my activism is like at a certain point, I got so burnt out on that that I started just being like, you know what? Instead of trying to make this square fit in the circle, right. I'm mm-hmm. going to just start making circle spaces. Yes. So now mm-hmm. I really focus all of my energy on creating the spaces that I want to be in that are designed for the most right. intersectionally marginalized groups, right? I love that. And that's where I focus my time and energy, but uh, it does come at a cost, right? Like there aren't, I can't name a single play space in our local scene where I feel safe hanging out, yeah. where I trust the people in leadership. There are very few groups, there are very few events where I want to go and hang out and have a good time and feel like I can let my guard down and enjoy myself. And I got so tired of like calling them out and getting ignored and just being this like bitter, uh, angry <laughs> woman Oh no! Um, that, yeah, now I really just fuck with my people and that's it. It's yes. like a very small circle, but I love it. I That's um yep. the burden of information once you know and you, you can't Icky. unknow these things. Yeah. yeah, if you know, you know. Once but once you know, um, especially about these play spaces or these people, sometimes like it ranges too. Like I'll meet someone and I'm like, Oh yeah, that that's a bit icky. Like, can I tolerate a bit of ick? Mm. Um, and you're like, oh, I don't know, because then you learn more things and once you know, you can't unknow these things. Yeah. Once you've icked, you can't yick. And that's that's <laughs> operating from, yep. like, we can keep operating from this space of scarcity where we're right. like, I can tolerate some ick mm-hmm. to continue having access to a St. Andrew's cross. Mm-hmm. Right. I can, I can keep hanging out with those people. I can right. close my right. eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For 10 minutes, I get to get... They I never get, did that to me. Right. right. And I, But hey, look, I got a fire waxing. <sighs> exactly. We can keep doing that or we can turn around and say like, how do we start utilizing the abundance that we have around us? How do we set people up to be able to have spaces where they feel safe and (laughs) can experience pleasure and joy and pain and all of those things? What? Um, What what about my male gaze? (laughs) What about my male gaze? I feel like I'm being left out. I'm going to say my abbreviament. I'm I'm being oh my, I'm being canceled. I As know that, to I know you're straights. joking. I, yeah, I, right. I, I was going to say like so, something I'm a big fan of is intentional, um, like safe spaces specifically for, for sure, people for sure. of color. Yeah, and I can't tell you how many times I've had other white people talk to me like I'm going to agree with them, and they're like, I wish I could go to that, and I'm like. No, you, don't. Don't. No, you <laughs> have you have every other space in the yeah. world. Gonna, Why do you want to be here with us? Yeah, and I'm we like, don't want you here. Right? Yeah, and I'm uh, like, you're, right? we're not gonna agree on this. I ran TNG groups for the longest time, and let me tell you, Wait, what's TNG stand for? Uh, the next generation. It's groups that are typically for people ages like 18 to 35, and who are really into Star Trek. Okay, got it. And just like <laughs> any other group, <laughs> good one. That was an orange <laughs> joke. Sorry, I laughed. Just like any other group, like. Uh, that doesn't inherently make it a safe space. Right. Absolutely. Right? Our, we had a local TNG group in our area for a long time that was being run as a meat market by... Mm, by some people. Surprise. Oh, a some straight people. white <laughs> cis man yep. who completely ruined the 
ability to run one of those groups for a long time. I came in and tried to start a new one after it imploded around him. Mm-hmm. And people were like, nah. No, I'm not touching yeah. that. Nah, we're good. That's so sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, I run spaces that I work really hard to make intentionally safer. Yeah. But there's still harm that can happen. I, c- I still perpetuate harm intentionally and unintentionally. I mean, not intentionally. I don't try to. Right, right. We <laughs> Only you. when you ask really right nicely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually a dollar sign attached. But like, uh, it happens because you can't avoid it. Exactly. And as someone who leads groups and who teaches classes and has like a small following, I know that I have like a level of power that makes going into dynamics unbalanced. And so Mm -hmm. I've started when I go to an event that I'm like teaching at or helping organize in, I'm like, I make the disclaimer in my like in search of posts, like I'm not going to approach anybody to play. I am open to being approached with the understanding that there is this unequal power dynamic. And like, if I saw, I, I started doing that because a friend of mine started doing that. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's genius. Yeah. Because right, right. like. What a brilliant thing to do. Yeah. Just like acknowledging that power imbalance and doing what I can to mm-hmm. try to. I sort of wish all cis it. men would do that. Actually. Exactly. Like, and that's, right. that's why I made that earlier statement of like, I don't think that they should be leading groups is right. not because I don't think that they are necessarily qualified or unqualified. I don't think. <laughs> Well, in a man's world, it doesn't really matter about qualifications. I mean, if I want the position, I'm going to take the position, okay? We're being I'm a man. That's what I'm entitled to. Often not qualified. (laughs) Um, But it's not because I hate men. It's not blah, blah, blah. It's because there is no one to check their power. Right. Well, right. And unless they're willing to do it themselves and set up accountability systems, then it's not safe because there's no one to check your power. Because I could speak, I spent years speaking up about some local predators. Yeah. And nobody listened to me because I had nothing to offer right. in exchange. Well, well, to, to, be, to be fair, yeah. like with one of those predators, if I'm not mistaken, it um, people started paying attention when one of the pretties got affected. Exactly. And, and yeah, I've, I've seen, exactly. I've, I've seen that. Oh, but that I was, was just like the fat brown woman <sighs> in the background being was, like, this dude seems like a disaster waiting to happen. And people were like, it's just because he doesn't want to tie with you. And I was like, I don't want to tie with him. Right. Maybe you should listen. Once again, maybe I, we should listen. Yeah. I, I've went and told uh, about people I feel icky about. I've went and told powerful people. Like, I'm letting you know now. Like, I don't think a report's been brought yet, but yeah. like, I'm letting you know now to trust it when it comes because yeah. it's coming. Yeah. Um, and I have so much uh, social capital. I My proximity to power as a white cis woman is is just immense um it's it's not everything i've still got that woman situation but it's i've got so much proximity to power that woman situation yeah (laughs) that's such a man statement definitely (laughs) sounds like a euphemism euphemism for like your period (laughs) i I gotta deal with a woman situation (laughs) what are you doing this weekend women situation Don't you wouldn't understand. <laughs> well, oh. before, before, before we close out on things, I do have a moral obligation to go back and one. I said the statement earlier about the pretties, just to clarify for everybody who might say, oh my God, Orange said the pretties. How dare he? It's like, I'm saying that somebody who is traditionally tr- attractive in the Eurocentric view. We we yeah. know. I think that was pretty yeah. clear. That was a derogatory, yeah, derogatorily as, as, said. As I, I do yeah. want to say, like you said, I don't hate men. I want to be clear. 
I do hate men. And mm. and it's much <laughs> in the way... I said it, and then I was like, I don't think I believe that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, it's much in the way... Um, like, if you were, as a child, bitten by a dog, everyone mm. understands why, as an adult, you're afraid of dogs. Right, right, and they'll yeah. go out of the way to keep their dog away from you mm-hmm. because they know you got bitten by a dog and now you're afraid of dogs. Yeah. And I don't know why it's not allowed for me because my entire life, every moment has made me afraid of men why it's not permitted for me to continue to be afraid of men um or in this case to hate men yeah um Mm -hmm. and when i I say that i am saying capital m men yeah just like like the The many of the loves of my life have been have been cis men and many of the people i trust are cis men i do a little bit hate that i have to clarify that um the people who are good know that i'm not talking about them when i exactly say. like i said the guys are gonna get it right the, the guys, guys who don't get don't get the, but like, i do in general hate what we've done through patriarchal systems to men and thus for sure, for sure. I, I do pretty confidently can say i do hate men yeah i was trying to have this conversation recently with my mom specifically about race mm-hmm. and why i find it really hard to be in relationship with white folks yeah. unless they are like really down ass white folks <laughs> yeah, I know like, what you mean. and like, <laughs> like Paul willing to grill. be called out <laughs> right. and even then there's it's still an added burden to our relationship right, right? yes and you trying to, to be express, willing to do the work for them exactly Correct. and like the amount of effort it takes it, like is it worth it and is it worth it like yeah. i've been having recent, it's a good question recently i've been thinking about it with like men too like i i think that there's this like ongoing joke between bi women that like we're the perfect case study <laughs> for how sexuality is not a choice because right. could that we would mm-hmm. not choose yeah, to be oftentimes. into men i wouldn't like i say every time i'm back out in the dating pool like nope i'm done i've done <laughs> right, my right. time i've done my time <laughs> <laughs> I've done what I can do. It's just not worth it for me. But like, um, yeah, there are men in my life that I love, that I have great friendships with and yeah. all of that because they do the work and still they, like I regularly have to call them out. Yeah, so, and so it is work to do yeah. that. I, I, I do want to step in. So I know that we haven't answered all the questions, but we are technically 10 minutes over. Um, this is, this oh, has uh, been a 70 minute episode. So, well, you've got us. We, wanna... seven... no, so we, we got 70 minutes. <laughs> we got 70 minutes. Um, I'm going to start closing us out. Denzel, I will let you finish us off. Um, I had to, on a different episode, I had to finish this off and it was deeply embarrassing. And also that sounds really <laughs> dirty now. I'm just realizing now what it sounds Mango, like when I say that. Please, Mango, just finish us all I'm going to finish us all off. <laughs> oh, Cheese and crackers. Y'all had a mango finish? <laughs> oh. oh my God. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> the, the point is, <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. This has been... From start to finish, a delight. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, with every person we interview, I've learned a lot, and I've learned so much from you. So thank you so much. It is uh, a labor, and we know that, and we appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was really, this was really great, and these are the conversations I want to be having and about J- King. Jamie, so. where can we find you on social media if you'd like to be found? Uh, mostly on Instagram, Jamie the Jaguar. Also on FET, but not super active on there anymore. Cool. And it's Jamie J A M M Y. Mm-hmm. Cool. Denzel, do you want to take us out? Sure. Is your man running? Well, you better go ahead and let him keep running.